Yeah. Got dogs marking the I'm glad the dog has something to contribute. <laughs> he knows he doesn't have to be a dog next time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I would probably choose to be a dog if I could. I don't know. It depends what kind and where you're going to be and stuff. I don't a, lo- a loved dog. In a, a oh, a loved dog. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Well, that, that, that attitude would be great, first of all, just having the attitude of a dog. Welcome to Conversely, the show that's like a potluck dinner. But the dishes are thought-provoking ideas. <laughs> My name is Scott Strozel, and I'm joined by three interesting guests with varying, or you could say converse, backgrounds. And I'm excited to see what tasty casseroles they've brought to the conversation today. So, my first guest is David, but you probably know him better by the name Ransk on YouTube, where he solves puzzles for your enjoyment and his enjoyment. You solve word puzzles and Sudokus and all kinds of stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. Basically, logic puzzles, Sudoku, word games. Um, I live stream a lot, make a lot of videos. Probably too many. Yeah, you just finished a live stream not too long ago, right? Just yeah, I live streamed today, actually, yeah. Now, you used to do really long live streams, right? Oh, yeah. So when I first started live streaming, I did eight-hour streams um, that went to like three in the morning for me. Um, that that got a little bit tiresome. So I've now I'm now split them across multiple days, so... All right, and then next up, we have Jason Davis. Jason is uh, an HR manager for an industrial and agricultural construction company. Um, I believe you guys do like elevators for grain bins and other things, right? Is that? Yeah, exactly. The, the really fancy term is special purpose personnel elevators. So these are, or the industry also calls them man lifts. Um, so it's not the elevator that you and I are going to ride in a hotel or a hospital. It's more of those industrial ones that you see in a, in a grain facility or a food processing facility. And, and we have a pretty innovative way where they construct it in 40-foot sections, modular, all ready to go, but just in pieces. And then they ship it out to the site and they stack it uh, within the building or outside the building. And it's ready to go. It's really cool. Yeah. And so an HR manager... Sorry, I was gonna do a really bad joke, but now no, you're fine. I don't even you're know. Fine. It's so bad I can't even. I was gonna say, why does a grain elevator? I was gonna say, why does a grain elevator company need someone to manage their home runs? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There, yeah, I am the home run manager. I should yeah, get yeah. a sign. That is such a great idea. That's so cool. <laughs> no, bad puns. I'm a, All right. I'm a, I'm a middle child, so that's how I ended up in HR because I'm constantly between people trying to get things solved and resolve things and be that liaison and represent people. So it's it's a lot nice, of fun. Nice, nice. Yeah, and uh, you, you, you and your wife don't have any kids yet, but you have 17 nieces and nephews, and you're the crazy uncle, right? Oh, gosh, yeah. I've been an uncle for 25 years, and even my youngest nephew now is just a year old, so I've got everything in between. It's so much fun to, to be crazy Uncle Jason. All right, cool. And last but not least, we have M.K. McDaniel, known as Kathy, to her friends. Kathy is the author of the book Misfit in Hell to Heaven Expat and has been on over a hundred podcasts with over a million views. Uh, and so I guess now, Kathy, you can say you've been on over 101 podcasts with over a million and one views. We don't want to be too optimistic. So, no, well, you know. there's three. Three will watch it for sure. <laughs> yeah, three. There's three. We got, that's true. There's the, I mean, I'm assuming that Jason and David are going to watch this after effects. So, yeah. I'll watch it if I have time. So. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So, Misfit in Hell to Heaven Expat, uh, I, I looked on Amazon at the book blurb and I thought it sounded kind of interesting, so I'd like to read part of that quick if I could. 
So, placed on a ventilator for lung failure in 1999, uh, Kathy fought for her life in a drug-induced coma for three weeks. Her family waited and prayed as she endured a seemingly eternal hell, culminating in her eventual glimpse of heaven and chat with her deceased fiancé. But she still had work to do on Earth and um, recovered, and she's still with us today. So, I mean, that's a pretty, pretty wild story. Yeah. It's quite a trip. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, well, uh, so if you want to know about her story, you'll have to go buy her book, which I assume is on Amazon and all the usual book places. So, yeah, and I'll, I'll put a link in the, you know, in the, in the, the show notes, wherever you're listening to this at, there'll be a link there to, to her book as well. But pretty, pretty interesting story. So the idea is to have people from, you know, kind of different backgrounds. We definitely have several different backgrounds here, I feel like. We've got grain elevators and YouTube and, you know, dying and getting a glimpse of heaven, right? Like, <laughs> so what I thought we would talk about, which I think is an interesting uh, hypothetical, is if in real life there were extra lives like in a video game that you could earn or gain or pick up somehow, how would people earn them? That's thought provoking. Um, yeah, that's the idea. I thought you were going to say how would people use them, which is a well. Very different... That's that's also. I <laughs> mean, we can we question. can take it. We can follow it to wherever it leads. Yep. Yeah. I, I try to leave it a little bit open ended. So, is it bad that my immediate thought is if these are transferable, then there's going to be a market for them? <laughs> well, and that's a good oh. question. Yeah. Is it? And, and I mean, one way that we could, one way that people might earn them is by buying them, right? There's obviously a lot of problems with that. Right? Yeah. Yeah, especially if you um, could sell them too, where I've got this repository of lives and now I can put a price on them and give them to other people. Exactly, exactly. It even feels like there's work around, like I'm thinking of as, as a gamer <laughs> myself. Sure. Um, it feels like there's workarounds, even if like once you gain the life that you can't, tra it's yours, you can't transfer it. Like that would, that would solve a lot of the problems, but it sounds like, it seems like there'd be a workaround of like, oh, I noticed there's one there, I'm going to sell its location instead of taking right. it myself. Exactly. Um, what happens? I mean, it, do you switch lives? Can you go back to the previous life? Can you run them simultaneously? Right, and so that's a good question too, is what happens? Because in video games too, your extra life, what does that mean, right? Like, do you go back, is there a checkpoint you go back to? You know, you fall off the roof because you slip putting up Christmas lights, but you've got an extra life, you hit the ground, and then you just wake back up. I mean... To a certain extent, Kathy, that's kind of what it's you, right, right? Up my alley, man. I mean, you kind of got an extra life, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. And and uh, what I've learned along the way is that uh, there's a bunch of us that really do believe in reincarnation. So uh, you get to, and we also believe that you choose your lives in you know in heaven before you come down here. So you choose all the challenges you all you're going to have. You bring down your soulmates. You figure it all out, and then you come down, you get the mind wipe, and then you start from scratch. And then uh, then when you're finished, you go back up and you see how you did. So you, you've probably uh, come upon something that really is going to happen to people. Well, as, as a fan of fantasy and science fiction, even if it isn't our reality, um, I think that we've explored a lot of those realities in different media that's been produced over the years. And I think there's a, there's a lot of different ways it could be approached, and all of them are interesting. Like there's the the concept of the I like the checkpoint idea, where it's like, oh, you made a uh, you died, right? But you have this extra life, so you're sent back 
just enough time to make a different decision or do a different action such that you you survive. There was actually a show, I think it was called Travelers. I think it was a Canadian show called Travelers, where um, they find that it's people from the future who go back in time. But when they do that, they take over someone's body who lives in that time. Just, just before they die, right? Just before, but they... They find they find it to be moral because they do it just before the person dies, and then they change the outcome so the person doesn't die. Right. So they're not really stealing their life that way. Is the, no, that's called a walk-in. That does actually happen. People who they get it like in an accident or something, and they they get amnesia, and they can't remember who they are. Very likely, they're a walk-in. They come in and just start all over in the middle of somebody else's body in their life. Sure. Well, and David, too, I was having the same thing when you first proposed it, Scott. I was thinking, okay, so all these movies just came into mind about like this variation or this technique or whatever. And um, because I first thought of free guy, like, well, you just pick it up off the sidewalk and that's how you get healed and then you keep going. And then I thought of Groundhog Day. It's like, yes, when you die, you start all over again at a particular time and now you exact same circumstances, but you have memories so you can do it differently this time and but then I was just realizing millennia, too, that is a millennium. I, you know, it's that Christofferson movie from years ago where, you know, in the far future, they realize we are out of people, so we need humans. And so they go back to airline crashes and to get them off the plane right before the airline crashes so they can get those people to start their life in the future and everything. So I'm, I'm intrigued by that idea is would this be f- lives there where you could go back to a particular point? And would you have memory so now you can do all of those things differently or not? And, and is it like you, you, you well, you know, back to video games, is there a save point or a checkpoint where you sure. can, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna go uh, rock climbing, so I'm going to do my save point now because I know there's a good chance I might fall and die. And so I'm going to save my, do my save, and then yeah. I'm going to use my extra life in case I fall off the, you know, yeah, something like that. And do you get to choose that? You know, yeah, that would be... A, it sounds like we're much more interested in how people would use the extra lives uh, yeah. and how they would gain them. But. Right, that's true. That's <laughs> yeah. true. Well, and I think, you know, how you would use them is interesting because I think knowing that you have them, right, you would know how many you have, too. If you have one extra life, you're going to be a lot more careful than if you've got 50 of them banked up. You're like, whatever. <laughs> you know, I'm going to do whatever it's I want. It's more convenient for me to cross the street, not at the you know crosswalks right so, you know, I got i'll just run lives. across the highway what's it matter to yeah. me i got 50 or, yeah you get the rock climb i don't need safety gear going rock climbing it's more exciting to not you know free solo would not be nearly as interesting of a show if the guy would have been fine if he fell <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, exactly and that's the other thing is there's a lot of scary things that wouldn't be scary anymore and does that make them less interesting well, and that's the conundrum right because we are talking about human beings and human nature in my mind is alive and well So imagine the good that people would do because there's no more fear anymore. I can go out and start that business or I can go out and ask that girl out for on a date. You know, just all these crazy things where I can finally help people without the repercussions normally that says, well, what if it doesn't work? Because with this save feature or at least a new life feature, I can just start over again. But then imagine just the the depravity of of humans too and the evil that people would do. Well, think about, I mean militaries yeah there you go if you've got a bunch of extra lives and your guys can just replenish constantly it devalues the meaning to life 
it well, does, you're yeah. kind of talking about zombies now. I yeah. mean, kind uh, of. You... That was that was last episode, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you guys weren't on that one, but that's actually what we talked about last episode: is zombie oh. apocalypse. <laughs> oh, ooh, Lordy. But yeah. and and getting back to your original question, Scott. So yeah, thinking more about okay, so how are these lives obtained? Um, so part of my role is in safety too, because construction company very high risk high risk of falls and equipment that's gonna hurt or worse. And part of my safety manager, his, his priority is trying to make sure he's incentivizing the right behavior so that you get people to have a positive experience in doing things that are what they, we want them to do, right? Because I know this is a kind of a strange example for, for this, but when you put up those signs where you count the days that you've never had an incident, that can lead to underreporting because now there's this perception that everyone else is doing all this work the way they're supposed to. And here I am doing these goofy bonehead things and that might cause an accident. So I just don't tell anybody. So there's a lot of new safety programs that really tell people, look, just tell us when you do these silly little things because we want to know that nobody got hurt. We want to know that you didn't break anything, but you could have. And we want you to be mindful of those things and always looking for those things so that then we can spot trends because statistically it will keep happening if you keep cutting that corner and your coworkers do too. And so I'd like to see something with this live mentality that um, when I do things that prevent something from getting hurt, then I gain a life. You know, if I'm in service of doing something for somebody else, I gain a life. You know, we're incentivizing the right type of human behavior and you might lose lives if you do something that could lead. Um, I guess I'm, I'm thinking of Dorian Gray too. You know, there's that book where this gentleman realizes his soul is now displayed on a painting. And as he starts doing awful things, it's displayed on the painting and he inadvertently causes the death of somebody and there's blood on his hands. Uh, he didn't outright kill him, but he got blood on his hands because he was involved with that type of thing. And so, you know, what are we incentivizing in terms of people trying to gain lives versus losing lives and, and such? So, so you would be in favor of some sort of a way to earn them by doing good things, basically. Good works or preventing bad works or, or you know, again, just being mindful of how are we incentivizing the right behavior out of humans since we know people are going to do pretty awful things and how do we prevent those unintended consequences. Sure, yeah. Uh, I'm afraid that you're going to get too much government involved in something like this, you know, and you, uh, it'll be people that are... Um, I don't know. They buy their way in, and I don't know, with the, the world being overpopulated now, do we really want to live two or three or four times and have all those extra people and all those extra resources being uh, sucked up? I don't know if that's a good thing. Yeah, and that's the trouble with saying you earn them by doing good things is, of course, how who decides what the good thing is and rewards people with the lives, right? Like, mm -hmm. uh, it, it makes me think of the, the, the social credit system that's going on in China, you know, where you, you have, like, by doing certain things, good or bad, you get a score, your score goes up or down, and you get, like, you can use, if your score goes too low, you can't use public transit and things like this. I don't know too much about it, but um, the little I've heard about it, I could see it ending up being the kind of the same way. If you don't do the right thing, yeah, that like this if you go to jail, you lose your rights to ever get another another life. Or yeah, uh, that's a good it question. It could get uh, very complicated. That's another interesting thing. If if it was a thing that was just in the world naturally, you know, like it wasn't something that people created and could control, would you end up? You know, somebody does some horrible crime and we're going to sentence them, you know, to, to death. 
do we find out how many extra lives they've got and sentence them to the correct number of deaths or you know like does that become a thing <laughs> i don't know you know you know what i mean like we're gonna sentence you to death but he's got five extra lives what good does that do so we're gonna sentence you to death six times or you know i don't know well and that's a good question is is this is this calculation or is this account is this a private thing that only i know um or is it you know right is it a little number floating that above, above me your head so you or, can yeah. see <laughs> or is there a little scanner you can do an ultrasound and check out yeah i don't know that's a good question personally i wouldn't want to come back here that's the thing um, <laughs> you don't want, you want extra lives yeah. <clears throat> i've been other places and this one's this one sucks basically <laughs> that's, that's a valid point you know maybe people don't want extra lives you know i don't know i don't think i'd come back if i had someplace else to go there's plenty of places out in the universe to go uh yeah i, I think i'll do this one once you know if there was this system where now finally i have multiple lives the space program of all nations would be very different because now we can finally take a lot more risks because if they have extra lives, we'll get them to the moon, we'll get them to Mars, and um, there's more variables that we can overcome and finally become a multi-planet species so that there's not as many issues with resources. We think that the, if when you live life thinking this is your one life, this is all you get, it's very different from knowing that you're going to get multiple lives, which is what you're talking about here. And, and again, I guess it depends on whether you're talking about restarting with a new life or just not dying, you know, coming back to a, your save point or your checkpoint or you, or you just, you like, you fall off the roof and then you stand up and you're fine, that kind of thing. Those are two different things, I guess, right? Yeah, and it, it I was actually thinking about that because there are definitely activities like what Jason mentioned with space travel. I'm also thinking about undersea travel, which is a bit topical, but um, I think you can put yourself in situations where, like, depending on how the extra life thing works, you just deplete them all instantly, like, because you can't, that's not a survivable situation, no matter how many lives you have. Right. If you're under, if you're underwater and something goes wrong and you die and then your extra life means that you're back alive, but you just die again. <laughs> die again then, because yeah. you're in a place that's taking your life. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have to start over someplace. And is, is that going to mean that you're going to be a baby again? You're a fetus again, and you're going to go through the whole thing? Or can mm. you pop in and, and pick a different age? That'd be interesting. But then you got to live somewhere. You got to have a job. I mean, you can't just go pop up and then walk out of the, the forest and say, yeah. okay, you know, you've got to have be if, we're, if we're thinking of it like in video games, right, usually in a video game, your extra life means that you go back to some checkpoint or the start of the level you're on or, you know, so if you're thinking of it in those terms, it would have to be some sort of a, you don't usually just, you know, if you fall in a pit in Mario, you don't survive and you're still falling in the pit, right? Like you go back to some point. So it would have to be like, I'm under the ocean and I've died. Now I appear on the boat or, you know, back at my home or something like that, right? It would have to involve some form of what are you thinking time travel or just displacement? I don't know. That's a good point. Actually, another thought is going to the levels idea is do you go back to your most recent birthday? Oh, interesting. Sure. Wherever you were on your birthday. That's your checkpoint. Is it's like each year is a level, <laughs> right? I don't know. Well, and I was thinking of that too. People would, if that was the system, then we would use that as time travel, right? So we'd have to get rid of lotteries. That's a good point. Because That's everybody point. would know what the lottery numbers were going to be, and then you just go back to that yeah. checkpoint, and then you start yeah, all over Yeah, that's again. very true. 
Well, then, then you have all the normal time travel problems, right? All the things that are... What, what if you don't keep your memories, but you just have this instinct to not do one thing, right? That or it's like dreams, because we've all had those dreams that you can remember and you will never forget. And then the other ones, the more you try to remember it, it just keeps slipping away and you lose it. So maybe that would even, among us, we would have different... Like we, we go back to that checkpoint and this time I'm so, it's so vivid, I will never forget it. And then the next time it's slipping away and I can't remember and deja vu gets a new meeting, right? Because I'm like, have I met you? Is that why I'm trying to remember this and what's going on? Well, here? I don't know. The Groundhog Day is kind of cool. He would just wake up in the morning every day at six o'clock yeah. and then have a, a fresh day. But he seemed to have the memories he, he had the memory. memories, but no one else did. Yeah, which right. is interesting. It was—it's right. a very personal story to him, and it feels like he's—he very much has main character vibes there, right? Where it's like no, everyone else is an NPC, and he's a main character, and because he's the only one who re-experiences this day, and so it's very philosophical of like. You can't, it, it almost is like the tragedy of the commons where if too many people are doing this, it just becomes a mass chaos. Like, how does that even work? It almost feels like it can only be one person doing it. We're getting all kinds of callbacks to the previous episodes that you guys don't even know about because <laughs> they haven't been posted yet. But the first episode, we talked about the tragedy of the commons, actually. Yeah. Oh. So there you go. The prisoner's dilemma and the tragedy of the commons came up. So, yeah. But those are very important problems to discuss. So I'm not surprised. They but. are. They are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I was just reminded, we were talking about movies and stuff that had things like this. I actually hadn't thought of it until just now, but the most recent Jumanji movies, mm -hmm. they're in a video game, and they have, like, a tattoo with the extra lives, and when they die, they die, their body disappears, and then they drop from the sky, and then they're... So there's no time travel in that situation. So that's, like, displacement. That's what I was talking about, the displacement. Yeah, it's like, the it displacement just puts you somewhere time. safe, but time still continues as normal. Yeah. Um, that feels like... I don't. I don't know how like if we're talking about realistic at all, but it feels like a realistic solution. I mean, none of them are actually that yeah. realistic, right? Right. <laughs> but, but you just see people dropping out of the sky all the time in that case. Like oh there's my so many God. people. Right. You'd be killed by guys falling out of the sky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you'd have to have insurance against someone just falling out of the sky <laughs> right onto you. Everybody wears a really hard yeah. hat all the yeah, time. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to lose, you're going to have to use your lives because Somebody else uses their extra life and it causes you to need an extra life because they land on you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Getting complicated. What's that song? It's raining men, you know? Yeah. yeah. Quite literally now, it is raining men. Yeah, that's the interesting thing yet again about that safety aspect is, you know, there's been times where we try to create a little bit of a buffer in someone's life or something. And with the best of intentions saying, hey, we need to be safer for people. And then... Um, it's interesting how two different people will react completely differently. One, because of that safety, they finally branch out and they take risks and they do those things that they never would have done had they not had that before. And others, they just kind of circle up in the safety like, well, if the safety's here, then clearly it's dangerous out there. So I better just stay put and not do anything and maybe hoard, start hoarding my lives. And it's, it's, I don't know how, how this, um, works with this particular audience but um, i think about like in video games uh i i think the quintessential example for me is the master ball in pokemon so for those who aren't familiar pokemon you're you're going out you're capturing you're capturing the pokemon and you're training them and you're fighting them against each other that's the video game and the master ball is something you actually get fairly early on in the game and there's only one you just get that one there's not any others that you can get 
and it will allow you to capture any single Pokemon no matter what. It will capture it. And there's just sort of this sort of meme and mentality of, well, you never use the Master Ball because there's always some other way to capture the Pokemon you want. So why would you use the Master Ball when you could use that later for one that maybe you can't get? But then you finish the entire game and you still have the Master Ball in your inventory. Yeah, do you so, want to end your life with all of your extra lives haven't, that you haven't used? Yeah, it's it's like... Uh, what good is it to have them if you don't use them kind of thing? Exactly, but then but then if you use them, you don't have them. And they seem fairly precious to me. So like, I think that's, in general, like there's this hoarder mentality that a lot of people have, where it's like, this thing is precious to me, so I don't want to use it because then I won't have it. Um, and so how many people would just try to accumulate it and then never actually benefit from it i think it it's just like money right yeah. wealth i mean a lot of times especially as people get older they think i don't you know i might as well spend all my money before i die right i might as well use it but i don't know how long i'm gonna live like am i gonna live five more years 20 more years 30 40 more years you know how much money do i need to save and should i spend it and i think you know a lot of people well a lot of people do it both ways like <laughs> spend all their money or save all their money but i think a lot of people do tend to save their money thinking I might need it. Well, if the life is, it depends on where the life is. So let's say you right. you take over, it just takes over at the same age, you know, so if you're 97, do you really want to live, you know, another 20 years? Yeah, do you even want to have an extra you, life then? Do you reset back to any any age you want? That would make a big difference. So maybe use them up while you're young because you're not going to want them. <laughs> yeah, that's... Life is wasted on the young... It brings yeah. back the question of whether they're transferable. I think we've kind of, at this point, settled on they're not transferable. Because if they are transferable, I think that's just... I think that there you, there would be billionaires with all the lives, it, and we would yeah. just it would, You would have eBay for lives, is what you'd end up with. <laughs> yeah, auctions. <laughs> There's already a health divide between people who have and those who have not. And it's getting bigger, not smaller, as the years go by. And so if we start introducing especially transferable extra lives, I mean, that's almost exactly what's happening with like these expensive health solutions where billionaires are extending their lives beyond what non-billionaires can do. Um, and they get, you know, uh, you know, if you even think about like topics like, okay, the president got the experimental COVID treatment while a bunch of people were dying of COVID and things like that. So, you know, who's going to get all these lives um, if they're transferable, it's not the common man, right? Right. So yeah, and that goes back to is this? We were saying this earlier. Is this a natural occurrence? Um, that this is just the way the universe is put together now, or is it actually uh, organized by some sort of you know governing body or or some other thing where you can tinker with it? Because that goes back to like back you know controlling behavior. Can you even lose lives if you do something you shouldn't have done? So, like, if I take a life, do I lose one of my own lives, too, to try to say, hey, people are killing each other. That's not okay. So you'll lose a life if you take a life. To a certain extent, that's kind of what capital punishment is. You took a life, we're taking your life. I mean, it's your only one, right? But that's kind of what's happening. So I wouldn't be surprised if you could lose an extra life for that. I wonder, yeah, if, if we know that someone has a lot of lives... Does that cheapen the fact that they were murdered? Like, would murder even be considered the most heinous of crimes? You know, do you would it even be judged of like, oh, you took that person's life and they had a hundred? The penalty's not as bad as if you took their life and that was their only one. Right. If you take someone's life that has a whole bunch of them banked, is it more just an annoyance and a? Is it almost a prank? 
It's it's like stealing their the wallet of a billionaire, right? So, but back to your um, talk about you know uh, rich people having all of the lives and poor and and the divide. Um, you know, another theory is uh, which is not really based on video games, but another way you could do it is the people that get extra lives are the people that need them. So uh, terminally ill, you know, cancer patients, you know, the 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 six year old kid that's got leukemia are is that who, the people that get the lives is it is it the people that, that need would be them the that, ideal <laughs> but i don't know that that would happen i see politicians you know people like hitler that would just go on and on and on you know they they take control of that and then yet again we have to exercise caution because some medical conditions truly are just a roll of the dice and it's a mystery that we struggle with why does this person have this disease others are onset because of some poor choices i've made so yet right. Again, Does the guy I, with lung cancer because he smoked for fifty years? Yeah, get the or extra obesity life, because or... they've overeaten. Do they get lives because they're ill too? They have a condition, but it could have been prevented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you yeah. could also make the argument. I wouldn't necessarily make this argument, but some people would probably make the argument. Well, that kid that developed whatever disorder at a young age, maybe we don't want them to be able to then survive to pass on the bad genes where people are more likely to get sick in the future. You know, I don't know, but Speaking I can see people Hitler. making the opposite yeah, argument. Well, <laughs> I know. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, exactly. But I mean, I'm sure some people would make that argument, right? Yeah, the yeah. Well, eugenics is, is certainly a, a powerful idea that is also insidious. Um, it's almost and, the opposite of this, I think, yeah. where you're, you're taking people's lives instead of giving them extra lives, right? Well, I, you, I mean, there are the, um, you know, eugenics programs where they just sterilize people, just, st- I, I'm, right. I'm, I understand. Yeah. to be clear, I am very much against eugenics, <laughs> um, but I think that it's an idea that has always been, like, pervasive, especially since the early 20th century, where there are people who think we should only allow people to have children who are fitting xyz criteria whatever criteria they think is best for for themselves usually um and so it's like okay do we give it's it's the same thing do we give extra lives Who who's deciding right who's deciding who gets these extra lives right. are we assuming some omnipotent omnipotent fair being is doing it are we assuming a government's doing it are we assuming there's some just natural law to the universe that's handing them out through no you know consciousness that we can devise it's just it kind of happens like that's a very interesting question, and I think they have very different consequences. Well, it's kind of like the people that get their brains frozen or their bodies frozen, so in the future they can have another body, and uh, you know, people yeah. are trying hopefully, to do that. Hopefully, in the future, yeah. have another. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Assuming the technology exists someday. I've recently been rewatching through Star Trek: Next Generation with my wife, and uh, we just watched an episode where they discover some 20th century people who had themselves frozen, and then. Uh, they discover them, they unfreeze them, they cure the diseases that were terminal, and then they had now have to live 300 years in the future. And oh. uh, so it's like, and, and the one guy's like, yeah, it, my plan worked. Like, I, I paid to get myself frozen. I got all, enough power in the world so that I could be one who was frozen before I die. And then it worked. Here I am in the future, and I'm alive and with all my things cured. So it's like, it, does this guy deserve to have had been the one to be saved by this this experimental technology and what's he walked into i mean he doesn't have a job he doesn't have a house he probably doesn't speak the language he you know he doesn't know any about the technology i mean you yeah one of the women was like what happened to my 
what happened to my children and they go and oh, look yeah. and and there's yeah. been 10 generations of her offspring since since then and yeah that episode is a is an interesting one too because yet like you said 300 years have gone by and that one gentleman because of his wealth and how he tried to set up his securities He's like, I need to call my attorney. And they're like, he is not around. He's like, no, you don't understand. I set this stuff up so solid that, I mean, I, my accounts are still there. And, you know, he just has no idea that the civilizations have completely changed. Earth has obviously expanded beyond the solar system and, and all those things. But he's so sure that what he put and would be so secure for him was still in place and grown with interest and all that stuff that you just kind of grin at that. So it was 300 years, you said? 300 years, yeah. Yeah, it's the 24th I mean, century. Think about now, somebody from the early 1700s, right? Going to sleep, basically, and waking up now. Like, how... I mean, the, the things that have changed, it'd be hard to... I, I feel like you'd be so overwhelmed. You know, prisoners that go to prison and can still kind of know what's going on outside for maybe a decade or so come out and they're just overwhelmed and lost with the mm -hmm. changes i can't imagine going that long and how much would be different i, I don't know if you would even enjoy it at that point you know I well know. that's what's interesting too because yet again another movie reference you do have uh, idiocracy a movie that kind of goes on that premise saying look if we go back 500 years you've got some people back then they were pretty smart because they had to memorize everything they didn't have tools to to kind of you know, we can look it up. We don't have to memorize anything. We tell ourselves we don't have to memorize anything anymore because we just look it up. And so if you took us and went 500 years into the future, then people will be even dumber. Um, and, and it perpetuates, I believe it's a myth too, that if you look at a family that's not so intelligent, and does that mean their kids will not be intelligent either? That's nonsense because you get some really sharp kids who are completely different from their parents and all that stuff. But in this particular movie, a normal guy today is a genius in 500 years. Um, so back to this idea of multiple lives, you know, what kind of knowledge can we gain and how are we growing and how are we improving ourselves because we have now all this extra time, so to speak, assuming we have the memories and we re retain it. Um, and how many people just keep sliding into their poor choices and their, you know, idiocracy that they just don't have no interest in something of, of improving their lives because they know they just have more lives anyway. So they'll just keep making poor choices. Yeah. And I, I guess that brings back to the question of these extra lives that we're introducing here. How, um, what can they actually save you from? Right. So like I, my initial idea was like, um, it sends you back moments before so you can choose like you can choose not to walk into traffic, right? That would be one thing. And that doesn't save you from cancer. It doesn't save you from old age, dying just of the various ailments that, that you might die from from old age. So um, that that really would reinforce the, well, yes, you're you're not gonna die of an accident. You're not gonna die of something preventable, but there are still plenty of ways to die. And um, you still need to, use your life in a meaningful way at that point. So that would kind of fit with the the way it works in Jumanji, I would say. The recent Jumanji movies where some accident happens, you get bit by, a, I think, a hippo in the one since <laughs> or something, and then you come back and you're okay. But it doesn't ultimately change what's going, you know. It just saves you from that one thing that was an accident, yeah. 
So the people that uh, would rather just live a regular life and, and, and die and go back to heaven and do all that stuff, could they sell their lives or, or can they get escape from the fact that they still got 10 lives left? They don't want to do it. I mean, That's an interesting question is, can you choose not to use your extra lives that you've accumulated? You know, like in, in, in again, back to Mario Brothers, that's where I always think of extra lives is Mario Brothers. And, you know, you collect 100 coins, you get an extra life. Like you can't, you can choose not to grab the one up mushrooms, but you're going to eventually run into some coins and get an extra life somehow on accident. Right. Even if you're trying not to. So can you choose not to use your extra lives? I don't know. That's an interesting question. Or just find a way where you're just like committing suicide, unfortunately, just over and over again to kind of. Yeah. I accidentally got an extra life. I'm going to jump off this building so that I don't have that anymore. That's what Bill Murray tried to do in Groundhog Day. until He realized it was useless. I'm, I, I think I think the Fitbit people would tell us that getting our ten thousand steps in would give us an extra life. But you've got arthritis now, though, from all the <laughs> all the walking. <laughs> One way that I think would be interesting for extra lives is if it was sort of like a quest in a video game. Right? They are somewhere. There's the top of Mount Everest. There's extra lives hidden, or or you don't know where they are necessarily, right? But you have to go find them, and maybe there's clues. It's like national treasure, and you got to solve the clues, or you know somehow where you'd have to go find them or dig them up, or you know like mining for Bitcoin or something, you know, like that kind of. <laughs> but it's the thing where you can try to go get them and earn them, and anybody could get them, but not necessarily everybody does and i think yeah, that could be Yeah, but you're wasting your whole life looking for our lives. I mean Maybe or maybe that <laughs> is an incentive to go have this wonderful adventure looking for a life. <laughs> I think I think there are a lot of ways that one could have an adventure that are, you know, aren't even physical. Like i think that we loud great minds, right, who who discover things in mathematics or science that no one has discovered before. Like proving Fermat's last theorem, for example. Like we we give rewards already to people who do that. We have Nobel Prizes. We have things like that. And Maybe so, those come with an extra life. Yeah. So this is almost like achievements in games, right? Where if you have an achievement in your life, then you're granted more life for having that achievement. That's a neat idea. And so then that, of course, is there a body of people who are voting on who gets the Nobel Prize and along with the half million dollars comes an extra life? Like... <laughs> Which, of course, ends up becoming political, mm -hmm. just like anything, but, yeah. But I do like that idea that, yeah, as you obtain certain things within your own life, is that gaining a life? As I, I know, even if something has already been discovered, fine, but if I finally come to understand how that works and I learn those things, just as we go through our grade levels and graduate and uh, go to college and get a degree and all those things, are those gaining lives? But Scott, going back to the, the pilgrimage idea, like just go out there and go find them, is that because it's a resource and that's where the extra lives are, so there's more, or is it just one? Because if it's a resource, then again, I hate to you know kind of find that spectrum of humanity. At what point do people then try to take them from there? Can they bring them to others and, and, and you know tap the resource and then bring it to others so they don't have to travel? Or... Do. Or, or do you do like the Indiana Jones National Treasure thing where I'm not smart enough to find the extra life, but I know Jason is, so I'm going to use all my resources to track him and follow him. And just when he's about to get it, I'm going to swoop in and take it from yeah, him. Yeah, and you take know? it and say, well, yeah, or up goes the chain link fence and, and tickets. Yeah. Like, if you want your life, you got to yeah, come yeah, through yeah. here because I found it first and I'm not going to let you in. If there's, if there's extra lives on the top of Mount Everest, 
it's gonna be, there's gonna be a lot more red tape, I mean, there's plenty of red tape already to climb Mount Everest, but there's gonna be even more red tape to climb up there, yeah, for sure. Maybe the concept is there are these extra lives, but they aren't consumed when you get it, you just can only get it once per person. Mm, that would be interesting. You get a maximum this of is, one. This is in video games too, where it's like there are achie achievements in video games aren't consumed just because someone else also got that achievement. And so it's like, okay, if you make it to the top of Mount Everest, you get an extra life. So does everyone else who gets to the top of Mount Everest. And then you get something that also happens in multiplayer video games, which are called carries, right? Where someone devotes their, their life to being extremely good, so good at getting to that achievement. The Sherpas. You're the Sherpas. That's yeah, what they're going to the be. Sherpas, yeah, the Sherpas. That, that you can then guide other people to it and they pay you to do so. For um, sure. I still think you're wasting your life looking for more lives. <laughs> just, just use the one you the have. One you, got, <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, that, I think that's one of the one of the benefits to, you know, I know, uh, Kathy, that you, you, you have different feelings and experiences. But yeah. for me, my feeling and experiences, I have, I can only prove that I have this one life of mine. And I want to devote that life to, to doing the right things. Uh, because there's not, another one that I can try again. And there's not a reward at the end. It's just, this is my life. It's, it is what it is. And I want to make the most of it. And so it, that, I think that you can get similar conclusions either way. Um, I don't think one is necessarily any more moral than another. No, it's not a moral thing at all. But I, I think that I agree with you. And it's like, if you devote your life just to extending your life and you don't do anything else, have you even lived your life? You've wasted it. Yeah. That's kind of like, in, in some ways, people who are extremely cautious and don't want to take any risks to extend their life. You can't go too crazy with it, right? And so yeah. you can extend yeah. that to anything. Just like we like to go zip lining and kayaking and things, right? Like what you, we could, you could die kayaking, you could drown, you, but you've got to take risks sometimes within reason, right? So. Well, and that goes back to David, what you said about you know with the with the evidence that we have that says there's only one life, then you really have to strike that balance. You can't go too far one way to the other. Too much risk, it's over. Not enough risk, you haven't even used the life you had. So you just try to have to find that that middle ground. And this is where the concept of extra lives. You know, does that incentivize the right behavior? Does that incentivize the wrong behavior? What kind of person are you? How are you growing? How are you serving others? Or how are you turning in on yourself and that's not healthy? And how are you going? You're too outgoing. That's not even healthy sometimes in the wrong situations. You know, what, what kind of life are you living if this is the only one that you have? I kind of wonder if it makes a difference as much as we even think it would. Because the people who are already being super cautious, they're just going to be cautious with their extra lives the people who are already risking their life they'll just be risking their multiple life like would behavior really change all that much um i think in some areas maybe and i think in some areas maybe not as much as we'd expect i feel like risky people would be even more risky i feel like it it, it it's it i think it causes people to double down on their behavior right probably yeah, similar to money. I mean, if um, if you want it, was it Lincoln who said something like, if you want to know the true nature of somebody, just give them money or power and you'll find out how, who they are because mm -hmm. you just give them more of something and, and it amplifies who they are, the type of person. Are they a saver? Are they a giver? Are they selfish? Are they selfless? Um, just give them more of something and, and 
who they are, you know, becomes amplified. I think that's very salient. So what do we think this would be? If, if somebody could create the technology to have extra lives, we don't know all the details about how it would work, but somebody says, somebody comes to you and says, I, I've been working on this formula and I think maybe I can create a thing where it's extra lives. Don't know how it's going to work out yet. Would you tell them, no, get rid of it, hide it, destroy it? Or would you say, wow, that's great. Let's, let's develop this thing. I mean, is, is, that, is that much different from medical discovery, from medical technology? I mean, it's sort of like that on steroids, right? It's, I it's mean, an it's extreme like version of it. The ultimate version of that, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think from my perspective, I think medicine is helpful to humanity. I think that um, improving quality of life, improving length of life has generally been good for humanity. I think that there's problems with our system of course and i think that as medical technology improves i think that the, it, that also amplifies the problems unless we fix them but i think in general i wouldn't want someone to hide something that can save lives um, but i also worry how it would be used and like you said we don't know exactly what form that would take so i i can't i could speculate but and i think most most technology in general has a good and bad side to it and can be used for good or for bad, right? Like, you know, there's the movie coming out soon, Oppenheimer, right? Talking mm -hmm. about the bomb and, I mean, all the nuclear stuff. And there's been a lot of good things that came from nuclear technology, but of course, a lot of bad things too. So yeah, yeah. for sure, you'd have to kind of weigh the pluses and minuses, I guess, yeah. Yeah, if you want to be more topical, there's the, the AI discussion of how there's sure. also, there's something that actually um, I hadn't even thought about uh, until someone, uh, I, I saw, I saw a video about it and it's like, what are, what is the government currently, at least what should they be focused on when it comes to legislating AI? And I'll, I think what's on a lot of people's minds are my job's going to be disrupted. Um, my work's going to be replaced or stolen depending on perspective. But one of the things that I think isn't really being discussed enough is you can use AI to create amazing medicine but you can also create it, make AI to make amazing poisons and diseases and weapons probably. and weapons. I mean, right. Yeah. And so what the government at least should be focused on in the very critical immediate future is trying to regulate the creation of AIs that could be used for weapons and disease. And, and, and then of course, then you get back to who's making the decision about what's good and what's bad. Right. Exactly. And so like, if this guy has invented a way, to give people extra lives is there a is there a flip side to that coin of the same technology like impacting lives in negative ways there is a classic uh illustration from gk chesterton where these two individuals are walking through the countryside and they find this wall um and the two of them are like oh that's kind of inconvenient that this wall is here and the one says yeah we should just tear it down and the the other with him says well you know, before you tear a wall down, maybe we should figure out why it was put here to begin with. And so that's where if you encounter somebody who says, hey, I figured out a way that we can do this amazing thing. You're like, well, that has been a barrier for us up until now. So let's double check why that barrier is there to begin with before we just tear it on down and say, now we can move forward. Because back to the medicines. Yeah, we, you know, it is so such a mystery that uh, we have these illnesses that um, come upon certain people that we feel they didn't do anything wrong, but there it is. But then the others is like, well, we told you that if you did that thing, you would get that type of condition. So 
which one are we trying to cure? The ones that we feel like there's, they didn't do anything wrong to begin with, or you know, we said the lung cancer one earlier, or obesity even. It's like if there was a pill that would cure those things at an instant, what are you incentivizing to say, it's no big deal if you do these things because you'll be able to, to fix it later anyway? I think there's also a discussion that could be had. This is getting this is getting pretty deep, but um, you know, you're talking about okay, there are some some diseases that are behavior based, at least that increase your risk of that disease, and there's some diseases that are just unfortunate, and the person couldn't have changed their behavior. Uh, but like when it comes to obesity, for example, or or, or plenty of these other examples, even smoking, it's like we're putting a value judgment on that activity. Um, of like, you know, someone likes to eat food. Is it, is it really, does that mean they deserve an early death because they like to eat food? Like they enjoy food. And is it even just that? Like there are conditions that can cause obesity that are out of control. There are, there are psychological factors. So like, even then it's like, it, it, it's really easy to point at someone and say, well, they made a different decision than me. So they deserve what happened to them. Yeah. And I never make any unhealthy decisions. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. exactly. I, I'm yeah. definitely not super sedentary and getting my unhealthy, unhealthy decisions just haven't led to the same problem that their unhealthy decisions have. So therefore, yeah, exactly. It makes you feel superior to them and, and, oh, yeah. and it lets you justify what's happening to them and, and, and your lack of empathy for it. So, um, I would be careful about like, it, it's so hard to to make a judgment like that of like and but but there are there are situations right now happening in all the time where people do have to make determinations like that like for example uh liver transplants or or any organ donations like they have to make the decision of if we transplant this organ into this person are they just going to destroy this one too that's a real thing of like do they get on the list and what's their priority on that list um, so this is this is a real thing that we're talking about, where people are making judgments about other people's lives in that way. Yeah. Does the guy who drank so much that his liver is failing deserve to get another liver from? Yeah, that's that's an actual thing that they. Yeah. You had your chance sure. with your first liver. Why should we give you another one? Because it's a limited resource, though. If we had lots of extra livers, that wouldn't be a discussion, right? So I guess the extra lives thing. It kind of depends how common are these. Like, do people are people just carrying around hundreds of them, or is it a thing that we find one once a year and only one person gets it? Yeah, yeah. it makes a big difference. Well, and this goes back to the value of everything, right? Too, because back to this idea of if you had multiple lives, um, you know, amplifying somebody's character. How many people are now still valuing the life that they have if they know that there's just more lives to to choose from that I can bank up anyway? So, how much am I truly valuing? this situation and this interaction and this opportunity because i can just do over if i goof it up yeah and if you don't value your own life are you valuing the lives of others are, are we removing empathy from the equation by adding no consequence to how you live your life yeah think about i mean so many movies revolve around someone making a sacrifice dying to save someone else or if 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 you just get a new life it's not really much of a sacrifice it doesn't mean anything right you know soldiers going off to war and you're very brave and well if you have a hundred lives in your back pocket you're not really that brave going off and fight you know like at that point it wouldn't be anymore and so there's a lot of things in life that i feel like would be seen differently that was like jason talking about the wall there's a reason we got one life mm -hmm. you know and if we take that away what are we inviting 
Well, and Kathy, back to what you were saying too about um, the different realms uh, that you've experienced, uh, some better than others. It's like, so again, back to, are we incentivizing that? I don't want to be here, so I'll just intentionally use up one of my life so I can go somewhere else because I don't want to. And, and it doesn't, you know, foster an ability to try to work through a situation and work through a you problem. You don't learn because... anything. You don't learn anything. And that's why we are here. And that's why we choose the lives that we have. So, and you'll get a chance to do it again. Uh, this is really kind of an interesting thing because it's already true. We do get more lives. I think this is probably a completely different discussion topic for a different episode, Scott. But, hey, I um, can you always know, we... use ideas. Hey, and by the way, this will be a good time to plug. If anybody has any ideas for discussion topics, go to conversely.fm and let us know. So in, okay. Star, in Star Trek, we, we were talking about Star Trek and we were talking about this sort of concept of extra lives. And I, can't, I keep coming back to this thought that I've always had with the transporters in Star Trek, which... The way they work has always felt like you're you're duplicating a person and then killing the original, and the the duplicate thinks they're the original. Now, I mean, that's a, um, the prestige. The prestige, yeah. right? I mean, spoiler alert: the movie's been out for a long time, but that's what they find out at the end is the replicator is just duplicating, and then they have to kill the original. Yeah, yeah. and so it's like this extra life: are you even the same person? Right? Are these people who are transporting all the time in Star Trek, like they think they're the same person? Philosophically, to everyone else, they feel like the same person, but are they also experiencing death multiple times a day as they just travel around? Um, and I think there's additional philosophical questions you can ask is like, are we just doing that by naturally living our lives anyway? Um, like when you go to sleep and wake up are you yeah really the same person or or are you this are you I mean, really the same person as when you were I've a heard child? that argument before yeah yeah um i mean you you shed off all these cells and they mm -hmm. replenish and are you really the same person still i don't yeah, yeah exactly like um are, we're, we're more like waves than phys, uh, than concrete objects in that we energy. are we are energy. molecules that have come together to become you and, you know, they're constantly going away and new ones are coming in and your body is changing and your mind is changing. And are you the same person you were 10, 20 years ago? And and so that that's the same argument that you could make about transporters or or these extra lives that we're talking about, where are you even the same person uh, when that when this has happened? Um, or are you someone new who thinks they're that person? Well, and going back to the legal, David, do we have to change the legal implications of like a wedding vow? <laughs> Till death do us part, and right, now I died, point. so I'm not married to you death anymore. Or your, <laughs> well, those vows aren't legally binding, anyway. So. Right, right. But that's a good point. Yeah, I, I recently, coincidentally, not not intentionally for this, but um, watched the movie Selfless. In which case, it's kind of like what you were saying with transporters, in a way where they uh, the rich it, they're rich people, but they've paid to basically have their consciousness transferred over to another body before they die. And a couple of interesting things with that. One is that you're taking someone else's body. He doesn't in the in the movie he doesn't know that at first and he finds out later. He thinks it's like a, a body grown in a lab. But also, once they're dead, I believe the way it works is they have to catch it before they actually die. Right? Like once they're dead, dead, they can't transfer it over. So that makes a big difference too, because now it's not your extra life isn't uh oops, I accidentally walked into traffic and got hit by a car and died. I'm I'm alive again. It's more like I'm about to die. Now I got to use my extra life before I die. You have to be a little more strategic, right? And that changes how risky you'll be with things. 
is it is it like a button to activate to to like send you yeah. back a little bit to be like oh that car is coming let me hit that button like it, right. it's, you it's have less to, useful you have to do it as you're falling off the yeah. cliff before you hit the ground or you know right. in the movie they have to actually like take the guy to the thing and hook mm -hmm. him up to a machine and they transfer it over so it's more like i'm close to death i'm gonna transfer to this younger body kind of thing mm -hmm. and how how much time like would people just do that proactively right Right before before they're even close to death, they're like, "Eh, this body's getting a little old. My back hurts today. Let me just go transfer to a new body." I but, I'm a professional athlete, but I'm getting a little too old. I'm getting close to retirement age. I'm gonna transfer into this younger body so I can keep playing longer. You know? Yeah. You imagine know. imagine someone with 120 years of boxing experience in an 18 year old's body, right? Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> it's funny point, you yeah. mentioned boxing because in this discussion, this part of it, you just reminded me of Heaven Can Wait. Um, you know, that play and movie where this guy is in a plane and he's about to crash and the guardian angel says, you know what, I better just get him out of there now because there's no way he's pulling out of this. So he takes him to heaven and they're like, you shouldn't have done that. He was going to pull out of that and now his body is gone because of the airplane crash. <laughs> so he's got to go into another body and try to figure out what to do and, and how mm -hmm. to move forward and everything. And that, yeah, that whole, I think I'm going to die. Well, you think you're going to die, but you might not. So how, do you do this prematurely? Right. And now that creates its own issue. I, I think it's a common trope in media that a person will not believe they're about to die until the moment it happens. Like They, they don't even know it afterwards. Yeah. I didn't know I was dead. It's your consciousness. I mean, our bodies are a car and, and our consciousness goes in the body. It's not in your brain. You're not your brain. So yeah, it's energy. It's so picking. You can't really pick up energy and move it. It's independent, and that's why you have a near-death experience. It doesn't mean you're gone. It means you're near death, and your soul wanders off. So, well, I, I have I have different beliefs than that, um, which I'm sure you've encountered plenty of people who oh yeah who <laughs> disagree with you. Um, uh -huh. And I think it's fine for us to disagree. Uh, however, and I um, probably have different beliefs than both of you. Probably, but. <laughs> yeah. I think everyone has their own personal belief in, and that influences things. What you believe, you can manifest. You know, so you have to be kind of careful. That's sort of the point of conversely is we all have converse <laughs> backgrounds and beliefs. So, so I do wonder whether, like, if you could exactly duplicate someone down to the atomic level, like they're the complexity of their brain actually could get duplicated. And now there's, there's a exact clone with the same experiences as you like, are, are they you? And are you, you like who, who is there even the, a reason to talk about who the original is or are they both you who is now diverging? Um, I think that that's been explored a lot in science fiction as well, but um, even in star Trek, where like transport the fact that a transporter accident can duplicate someone also makes me really feel like they're they're killing someone every time. Yeah, it's the murder machine because yeah. you made two people. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly the murder machine. Yeah. yeah, but um, like if you can make two people, then okay. Anyway, um, yeah. but to 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 stay on that topic, um, it it feels like um, I don't I don't know where I'm going with that, but like to to me, it feels like I think a lot of people do like want to believe like you do Kathy that that there's more to someone's essence than can be duplicated physically yeah um, like a, an identical twin those are two different people yeah, for even sure. though they got the exact same genetic makeup 
they're two different people. And their fingerprints are their, different. And their spirit they, yeah, is not yeah, your brain. Yeah, their personalities are different. And I don't think anyone's arguing that identical twins are the same person. But. Yeah, I was married. <laughs> uh, no, I'm definitely... No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> I think another element that we've touched on now and again is just the idea back to these lives is how do you prevent counterfeits? Is there a way to counterfeit it or deceive somebody mm. to say that they thought they had extra lives, but they actually don't? Because Ooh, yeah, I sold you an extra life, but it's not real, and you don't know until you die, and then it's yeah. too late for you to come after me. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> I got a receipt. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Keep your receipt. Keep your receipt. <laughs> because that goes back to even the discussion that all four of us clearly have very different ideas about life and death and afterlife mm -hmm. and before life even and all of those things. And one of those things that doesn't always get discussed is how do you know like if, if I were to have a near-death experience where I were to claim that somebody that was an ancestor or relative of mine to come back, how do I know that that's not an imposter? Because I never met that person or it's been so long since I've, I've met them. How do I know that, uh, you know, again, referencing movies, when Captain America woke up from being frozen, they tried to recreate the 40s just to ease him into that and he caught it pretty quickly. But how do I know that if I have a situation where that truly happened to me? Did it? Maybe I was being deceived. So with these lives, am I in a situation where I thought I went to that Mount Everest, but it was the wrong one and somebody sold me a bill of goods and it's not true and now I'm under this delusion and how do we protect that? Assuming, again, we don't even know if this is a natural occurrence or something regulated. Well, let me pose a question that, that's related, I guess, is let's say naturally you don't know the count of how many extra lives mm -hmm. you have. Mm -hmm. And then someone invents a device that at least seems to accurately be able to just, just display it. Would you want to know? That's a good question. And how many, again, yeah. counterfeits would come out saying, well, this yeah. is also a device that can do that same thing. <laughs> Here's an app for your phone that gives you a count. Right? It's like it's like the credit score apps that just give you a nice number, but it's not actually the sure. one that the creditors are using. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, because there are, I mean, there are ad nauseum stories about somebody who, because they knew the future, it they ended up reaching that result. And if they had not known to begin with, it wouldn't have been, yeah. you know. I'm, I'm kind of thinking about, um, there's an anime, which may be way out of you guys' wheelhouse, but there's an anime called Death Note. and There's probably the, somebody listening who loves anime, so who, go for if it. If anyone here loves anime, I'm sure they've heard of Death Note, knows exactly what I'm about to say. But in Death Note, there's a lot going on, and this is just one single aspect. But one aspect is you can get these special eyes where when you look at someone, there's just a clock over their head, and it's perfectly accurate, and it's a countdown to when they'll die. But should you tell them? Yeah. Should, do, would you want to know what the clock over your head says? Um, even if it, it means you wouldn't be able to change it. Like, it, it, that clock is accurate. Um, right. It's not like you can prevent it. It's yeah. not like, oh, I'm going to die in 10 minutes so I can avoid it. It's right. It is, it, it's like Final Destination style. Like you're going to that's when you're going to die no matter what. So get out and live your life. Yeah. So it's like, sure. but would, would that make a difference if you knew that? Sure. Don't you think? Oh, that's sure it's like somebody saying they got there, they got cancer and they got four months to live. Well, and again, if you know it's completely accurate and I see I'm not going to die for 10 years, I might as well be risky because I can't die. Exactly. Right? That's that's the other side of the coin. It's like, oh, my clock said 20 years. I can go run in traffic and I know I won't die from it. But maybe you'll get yeah. paralyzed you and hospitalized and in a coma for 20 right, years. Right, right, uh, right. Oh, gosh, yeah, that's the monkey's paw stuff, right? Yeah, you now, right. You actually don't know the circumstances of the rest of your life. You just know that that's the day you finally die. That uh, I'm going to, I'm going to die, well... 
Back to the Future Part 3, I'm gonna die on Monday. Well, he doesn't know he's actually got shot several days before and he was gonna sit in a hospital bed for several days. And, so and that's like, an interesting Oop. thing with the extra lives too is, uh, you know, you can be more risky, but can you? Because what if you don't die, but you get injured badly? You know, you yeah. just like you said, walking out in traffic and you get injured, yeah. but you didn't die. Now you're not using your extra life, so then... And are we assuming the extra life would heal things? Like, how far back is it healing you, right? That's a good point. Right. So I've been injured and paralyzed, and now a week later in the hospital, I finally die. Do I just wake up in the hospital still paralyzed, but I'm not dead? Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Depends on the, the mechanism. Like, what is it? Sure. It makes a big difference. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, or, you know, you were paralyzed at two years old and you lived a long and healthy and happy life and you die at 90, but you have an extra life. Like that extra life, is it like how far back does it need to be that you got paralyzed? Or, that it, or I have cancer and I die and then I come back as just somebody with cancer can you, still, Can you right? give your like, life away? I mean, can you say, no, thanks, I don't want any more? Yeah. Right, right. You know, I don't want to do this again and again, like Groundhog Day. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like, kind of like having a, a, a DNR, right? Do not resuscitate. I don't want yes. to come back. Yeah. Yes. Can you choose not to use your extra lives? That's a good question. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Star Trek has even revisited that where somebody technically dies, but they have, obviously in the future, they have resources to keep him going and... And as that particular episode, this was DS9, Deep Space Nine, where just like by the end of the episode, it's like, this is not this person anymore. You have added all of these things to keep this person alive. They are gone. But you just keep adding yeah. you know, all these mechanisms to, to keep them alive. And um, there was, I didn't watch the show, but I saw, and I don't know if it lasted beyond a season, but there was an episode on t or a show on TV where they said, hey, we have figured out a way where people won't die anymore. Um, but it didn't control the fact that, you know, yeah, I could be hideously maimed, but I haven't died. And they're like, please kill me. I want to die now because I'm in such, you know, agony or, or whatever. Yeah, and, the, and the, the earth is already overpopulated. And now nobody dies. That's not a good thing. Going to go through our resources and everybody will just be starving to death all the time. Overpopulation would be a legitimate concern if people weren't dying yeah. even just from accidents anymore, right? Like, yeah. that's a big portion of the people that die. So, if it's, uh, we keep going back to Star Trek. My apologies for those <laughs> who are maybe more Star Wars fans instead of Star Trek. But back to Next Generation, there was that episode where they found a civilization where um, it, overpopulation was an issue and they were trying to, I think, save their son from going supernova or something. But their culture several centuries earlier realized, you're right, we have an over, overpopulation issue. So at 70, you will just, um, you will with your family in a loving atmosphere, we will take your life. You will die at this age. So then we control our population. And this gentleman was on the cusp of a scientific breakthrough to save his planet and the solar system and all that stuff for his people. And it was his sixth, the eve of his 70th birthday. And he's like, oh, I gotta go back to my planet and die. And everyone was, the humans were livid. They're like, what a stupid idea. Why would you take someone's life just because you thought there was an overpopulation uh, issue back then. So this is the resources to do it. And because they just happened to meet that that's the magic number. Yeah, and know. it's an arbitrary thing. It's like, how dare you just make an arbitrary thing instead of case by case realizing should this person keep living because they're contributing? This person is horrible. They should actually die sooner. You know, what What do we do there? There's a lot of science fiction that's covered similar things. I, I was actually thinking about, while you are talking about that, uh, an episode of Stargate Atlantis. And one of the plot lines of Atlantis is there's an alien race that essentially... To make things extremely simplistic, they feed off of humans. And so they actually yeah. raise humans like they're um, 
Food source. Like they're a food source, right? So they're mm-hmm, like they yeah. were cows or chickens or something. That's that's kind of what's going on in the Matrix as well. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, and so there's this one group that they figured out that if they just like they didn't even remember this is why it was happening, but it, as soon as someone hit 30 years old, they would just you know be killed or die or whatever. Like they would ritualistically in a similar way that you were talking about, Jason. And so. Um, Apparently, what this did is it allowed their population never to get large enough that the aliens wouldn't come and, and call them. Um, and so they were able to continue without these attacks because of this ritual that they had. But they were just they were literally a colony of children, like no one over 30. Um, their elders who led everything were like in their late 20s. Um, and so it was a similar concept uh, to what you were talking about. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and of course, the humans, the, the Stargate personnel were horrified by this and they they i think in the end they convinced them to stop doing that and then the aliens came and called them because they got large enough like so like that's the consequence um Hmm. it's interesting i think sci-fi loves to visit ideas like this um i think to go back to star trek there's the other one in the original series where these two civilizations were in a brutal bloody war and they came to an agreement that they would just run the war in a simulation have computers simulate the war and when the computer said someone died they would just go into a nice booth and be euthanized in in a way that was non-painful and (laughs) they would just let this computer simulation continue the war and then they would basically just euthanize anyone that the computer said died so they didn't actually have to fight but they'd still have the the deaths yeah from like exactly. yeah. ai did the calculations wow. for them and said this many people That's needed wild. to die from that battle but yeah um you reminded me too that like even back to um you know the 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 discussion about overpopulation um there are some who point out that when you look at certain issues of overpopulation the root cause of some of that is actually a political nature that uh, there's a particular structure around a group of people and that's why they don't have enough resources because of abuses of power, or abuses of, of certain situations, but the resources are there. Um, imagine if we were in a world where because you finally had extra lives and we could learn more or more people could kind of solve an issue together in a positive way, that um, we have the solutions so that overpopulation even goes away. We have better ways of using our resources, renewable energies that we don't have now so there's not as many depletions of certain things and so all we need is just humans to solve the problems because that what that's what we do humans solve problems humans build humans grow humans expand and so why you know amazingly now we have this feature where we have multiple lives so we can just stay on a little bit longer on this planet and help solve that issue and that next person who comes along finally has the piece of the puzzle that these problems that have plagued us for so long finally go away because we've solved the issue or the piece of the puzzle that lets us travel to other planets and colonize them, so then we don't. Well, yeah, have to or multi, about the yeah, population. yeah. Back to Elon Musk and the others. They want <laughs> us to be a multi-planet species. So if there is a catastrophe in one on one planet, at least humans survive because we are in other planets, we're in other solar systems, what have you. Well, it also so. makes the overpopulation less of an issue, of course, if we have more space to live in, right? Sure. If the people yeah. are spread over multiple planets, yeah. That's the thing. I really don't think that space is a problem at the moment i think i think it is a political problem and i think it's a resource distribution problem where there are so few who have so much and then so many who have so little um that i think overpopulation is a a misnomer it's what it's what 
the people who have want the people who have not to believe that, oh, it's a, it's a situation out of our control. There's just too many people rather than, oh, well, if we just redistributed the, the wealth even a little bit better, there'd be plenty of food and plenty of uh, resources for everybody. So well, um, that's probably true. But human nature being what it is, it's highly unlikely. Right. It's 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 a we are talking theoretical here. And and, yes. and my, my question would be, does this extra life concept make it better or worse? Um, and the cynic in me says it would actually just increase this divide um, because we would have more people. It is it's definitely true. It, it would increase that exponential growth. Um, and at the same time, it would make people less sympathetic towards others um, who are suffering. Yeah, how do we value human life now? Because, well, and this goes back to even many's uh, concept of an afterlife. It's like, you know, what? Let's, let's take their life because the afterlife is better than this. Or, you know, there's been a few in the news cycles who they have intentionally taken their life because they've said that this is a painful life. I don't want this life. And, and some have outright said because they believe nothing is after this. That's why they want it to be over with. Others, they, get a, they get a nice surprise, though. <laughs> yeah, others believe there's something better. <laughs> Um, yeah, they really do. And you know, from the Christian perspective, right? Like, I mean, the whole everything around all of Christianity revolves around Jesus dying and rising, you know, coming back, the resurrection. That's the whole thing, right? And if people have extra lives and they can resurrect essentially, does that is that a thing where like now you read the book and you're like all right, he came back. Who cares, right? Bob next door did that yesterday. <laughs> I mean, that's that's like the big thing is the resurrection. Right. So <laughs> the whole thing is based on that. Um, it's interesting too that yeah, one common criticism that came up right away um, or early after Jesus um, Jesus' life and ministry was just the idea that oh well, if we're just going to somewhere else, I can just live how I want to now and. You know, what are the consequences? And they're like, are you sure you want to live that way? Shouldn't you actually, this is a rehearsal for your, your next life. You should serve and take care of yourself and, and do good. Don't do evil intentionally just because you think you're going to get away with it later. That doesn't work that way. You get to, you get to experience your own, your own, whatever you put out, you get to experience on the other end. It's not a judgment. It's just karma. And, and from, again, from the Christian perspective, you know, the Bible would say the wages of sin is death. And so being able to avoid death is sort of going against well, they, the... Yeah, the, they've skewed yeah. it. They've skewed it. I, I, I can't do the Bible anymore. That's... Uh-uh. I can't There's an interesting quote I heard a while ago, and um, I won't say who I think said it because I could be wrong, so I'll just give the quote and... Maybe later I'll figure out who said it, but Here, here's he said, what you like, do, Jason. You say you say there's a quote from, and then say who you think it oh, is, nice. and then do it without, and then I'll put in the correct one <laughs> after you look well, it up later. Yeah, there right. you go. Well, um, the the quote is that a um, a servant of God is invincible until God is finished with that person, and. What I like about that idea is if I'm within uh, the will of God or what um, God has for me to do, then nothing can stop me because God wants me to do that. But then when he's finished with that, then um, no. obviously we've been talking about afterlife and such too. But, but I just, I let, I, it's interesting, the, the idea that if I'm doing what I need to be doing, uh, what could stop me? 
because and if that's I, right but it's your will we have free will god doesn't make any decisions you you may you have free will to do your purpose that you planned you're sure. right well and that's what's interesting too is that's where um some have said that you know that's why god says um your will be done where and we've talked about the spectrum of evil and good where um, God even says if somebody wants to do awful things, uh, he's hands off. He's like, if that's what that person chooses that's to do, right. he's that's not right. going to stop them. That's what them. we're here for. Um, we're here to stop that person. <laughs> Maybe that's why we're here. But, uh, Maybe. Maybe. Well, well you're, um, you're, you're talking about it until he's done with you. That would actually fit in with the one uh, theory that we proposed of you don't know how many lives you have, and it's sure. something that's just given to you that you don't necessarily earn or whatever. They just given you extra lives, some whatever God, aliens, mother earth force kind of thing. That was one of the possibilities that we suggested. So that would fit with that theory. <laughs> Let's say there was no way to know if someone had an extra life. Doctors would still try to save someone as eagerly as they could. And then when they failed, everyone would be holding their breath to see, are they going to, are they going to come back or not? No, I just watched actually the other day another movie. There's so many movies. It's, um, it's more. It's called Breakthrough, and it's uh, it, it's true story um, about a kid who fell through the ice. And there was he and his friends, and they fell through the ice, and he was underwater for I don't know, 10, 15 minutes, something like this. And they brought him out, and they took him to the hospital. And I mean, it was like 45 minutes later. They're doing CPR. They got nothing. They finally said, bring the mom in, and they stopped doing everything. And she prayed over the body and said, you know, why I bring him back, don't let him die. And then he comes back. And so that's kind of <laughs> what you're talking about, where the doctors did everything they could, and they finally were like, all right, we it failed. Wasn't his time. It and then wasn't he came back time. anyways, you know. Yeah. So. yeah. All right, well, we've talked about a lot of different aspects, and I think um, we've probably gone on long enough, so we should probably try to wrap this up here. Yeah. Okay. But uh, lots of good, interesting discussion. Yeah, if other people want to join in on the conversation, go to conversely.fm, and you'll find ways that you can join in there. Um, so I want to say thank you to Kathy and Jason and David. Thanks, Scott. Right, thanks, Scott. Go check out Kathy's book. And I lost the... <laughs> Tell us the title of your book again, Kathy. Misfit in Hell. To have an expat. Miss, I had it in my notes, and then I closed my notes. And yes. uh, David is Ranksk on YouTube, so go to uh, YouTube, and it's just at Ranksk, right? R-A-N-G-S-K. Yeah. Uh, link links in the usual places, of course. And Jason, do you have any any particular thing well, you, you know, want to plug? Yeah, or? yeah. I mean, you can find. I don't have much of an online presence. My LinkedIn page is uh, there, and you will find a lot of Jason Davises. So just try to find my smiling face, and you've narrowed it down to me. Just look for the home run manager. There you go, the HR manager. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, Thanks, thank you Scott. guys again. And yeah, we'll have to maybe have you on for another discussion in the future. Sounds good. Appreciate thank it. You, Thanks. Scott. Take care. I still think you're wasting your life looking for more lives. <laughs> Just, <laughs> Just use the one you have. You, <laughs> you know what I mean? Jeez. <laughs>